All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 8, Episode 12 of the DFO Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan. With me in a surprise today is Dylan D. Berthium. Surprise! Yeah, this is supposed to be our Friday episode. We can't stick to a schedule for more than one week. Correct. Had to switch it up. Um, So you're here for Wednesday's show, and it'll be just me and Biebs on Friday. So welcome into a very Wednesday edition of the DFO Fantasy Podcast. Happy to be here, man. I noticed like the heat seems to be on just a little bit higher. The lights are a little bit brighter. It really seems like you guys just splurge on this this midweek yeah. show. Earlier in the week, yeah. We, we like to do it a little bit bigger. By the time you come around, you know, the funds are a little bit down. And we're like, hey, we'll give D pretty much the worst uh, the worst recording situation we can give him. So, right. Uh, just nothing left in the weekly DFO canteen by the time I get here <laughs> on Fridays. That's what it is. Yeah. I, I mean, me and Brock didn't want to show you this. We were hoping it wouldn't be like week three of the regular season that you found out. We, we hoped we could get get here till Christmas, but here we are. Yeah, we're the exact same garage as we've always been, yeah. but uh, welcome, as always, studio. to another edition. Uh, so yeah, on Monday, we gave you guys some streaming options for the week. Uh, Friday, we'll, we'll probably just do much of the same, given some uh, breaking down the weekend. So... We're here. Some big shoes to fill with the, with the weekend streamers. Did yes. you do okay last week, T? How'd I, you do? They did okay. How'd you do? I think there was about five or six multi-point games in there, but um, yeah, I, you know, can't complain. No, yeah, you had a absolute, swung some matchups for ab- sure. Kubalik was decent. Fire uh, performance. I was telling. I don't know if I told you, D, but I told Biebs. I streamed uh, James Reimer on Sunday, and his shutout gave me a win by point one. Boom on Sunday. That there, was, there wasn't a miss on that segment last week. No. So well, um, Kubalik was out getting five yeah. points in two games. Kubalik, and- Domi, Schwartz, McCann, they all popped. So go back and listen to it because it'll it'll never happen. Exactly like that again. Yeah, I was gonna say you started way too hot. Now people are just gonna be like, "Yeah, he's got to he's got to shoot 100 percent every time." Uh, exactly. But no, unsustainable, as we know, 100 percent is not a maintainable percentage. But uh, all right, today we're going to focus on it isn't. No, uh, we're gonna focus on sell high candidates. Uh, last week we talked about a lot of guys who were buy low options, slow starts players that you could probably get for cheap. I actually got a tweet today uh, because we were kind of pushing that, you know, you could probably go out and get Huberto for cheap, especially after our buddy got Huberto for uh, Nick Suzuki. And the tweet read, 
Speaking of owners panicking, this is in a reply to one of my tweets. Based on your advice, I reached out to the Huberto owner. Just agreed to Huberto and PLD for Giroux and Logan Couture. That is an absolute fleecing. Yeah, well round, done. Round of applause well for Dibs. Well done. Um, yeah, just outrageous. You'd love to see it. That's why we do these shows. This is this is why we come with this content. And then you you hear stuff like that, and you're like, yeah, that's incredible. That's we why our, we do it. That's we the did our reward. job. Yeah. yeah, that that brings a smile to our face. That's what keeps D coming back every week, especially on a Wednesday. On a um, Wednesday. So yeah, today we're gonna do sell highs, guys that are off to ridiculous hot starts. We're not they're not all necessarily players that we're you know just willing to cut bait with immediately and trade no. for anything. Uh, we're gonna analyze kind of their start and and you know talk about how sustainable it is for this player to continue at this current rate um, and whether or not we believe he's a definite sell high or somebody that you should hold on to as just a terrific draft day value. So we're going to start with Valerie Nachushkin of the Avalanche player that we were, we really liked last year player that we uh, you know, had fairly high in our rankings this year and off to just a blistering hot start. Six goals, five assists, 11 points in his first six games. Um, in the first period of tonight's game, which is Tuesday against the Rangers, he has a goal, I believe, in the first period. Correct, Beavs? Yep, he does. So he has a goal in the first period today. Five minutes um, in. Already two shots. So give him 23 shots in six games in a period. Seven goals, 12 points. He's been ridiculously hot. In. Yeah. So currently shooting um, around 30%. Clearly not sustainable. Uh, on a shooting percentage is... 23.1% clearly not sustainable but this is a guy now that Landis Cog is out for basically the entire fantasy season that's going to continue to play a humongous role on this Colorado team he's playing over 20 minutes a night he's on the top power play unit so like honestly like unless I'm getting an absolutely premier forward in return or yeah. like if you're absolutely desperate between the pipes and you can acquire a goalie for him I don't really have that much interest in trading him no the reason I kind of wanted to include him on here is actually because I received a message this week where someone said hey isn't Ashushkin a top 25 skater and that's where I kind of got to thinking. I was like, hey, if someone's thinking that out there, maybe you can move him for a top 25 skater, which uh, I'm right there with you, Brock. If it, if it goes out of there and you're going, you know, anyone outside maybe the top 40, I'm not really wish, willing to, to get rid of him. He plays the wing, which we know is a weaker position. After tonight, I believe six of those points have come on the power play. He's clearly locked in there. Um, we, we had some people asking before the season, you know, Lekadin or Nishushkin on that power play. And it, it looks like both big, of them. Big, well, both, but Big Val is, uh, is clearly, you know, stepping out and, and, and making a statement as, you know, someone who you cannot take off the top power play. Um, yeah, so, you know, if you can get a guy who's drafted in the first three rounds, maybe worth a little look. And, uh, you know, but if not, He's there, but yeah, there are people who are thinking that at this point, with uh, with eleven now twelve points through six games or seven games, uh, that he's you know the next the next big hundred point scorer. If you can get someone who can do that, you know, I, I'd much I'd much prefer that. So yeah, because the one knock on him still is that he's not playing with McKinnon yeah. and Rantanen at even strength, right? And his even strength production has actually been uh, nothing special. Right? He's got <laughs> Super a goal. Nice. One of his now six or seven goals mm-hmm. uh, came at even strength. The other. Uh, I guess five on the power play, one shorthanded. Yep. Um, and then he's got three even strength assists. So four even strength points in six games. It's it's a solid baseline that with his power play exposure on that team, he should be able to be a point per game player for the rest of the season, um, which is exciting. And that's, like we said, tremendous value. But I agree. If you can get a guy that's, you know, one of these 90 to 95 point guys. Yeah, like it has to be about, somebody premier. Like Beep said, someone in the top 25 skaters, right? Someone that's maybe off. Um, to a slower start, like maybe a Huberto straight mm-hmm. up could probably get accepted at this point yeah. in time. I would not be settling though for, you know, like if if, yeah. it's, if you're thinking, hey, I've already gotten value. I can get a maybe around like top 60 skater. Do not do not settle for that. He's still going to produce that at a high rate. But yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah, because there's obviously the potential that he moves up on that line and yeah. that would be great. But the power play production is going to have to start to tail off either way. That team's at a 52.9% uh, clip before tonight, uh, which is just ridiculous. Say, what's better, their power play or their penalty? Yeah, I have no doubt. Penalty kill, because yeah. I'm pretty sure it's just as bad. But. Yeah, I have no doubt they'll be up around 30% uh, or more all season long. But 52%, it's going to have to come down. They're giving up 40% of uh, Yeah, a pretty steep amount. I mean, over 50% of his points have come on the power play so far. Again, just not sustainable, but I don't think anyone expects him to be you know this two point per game player that he's been um but if yeah like like Beeb's saying if you can get someone to buy in and, and give you a perennial 
uh, 90 to 100 point guy for Nichushkin, then that's where I would look to move him because uh, I, I love him this season. I think, you know, even if he stays in that second line with the minutes he's getting, and like I said, that power play exposure, I think he can be around a point per game from here on out. Um, but I don't think he really, you know, takes that next step and he's a 100-point player unless he gets that bump up to the top line, which is why it's exciting and why you don't want to sell low because um, even though the power play production is going to cool off, there's still some more upside with his even strength production. Yeah, and I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they flip-flop him and Lekkanen. Like, I think it's certainly something that could happen. Yeah. I don't think it's super likely the way that this team's playing right now, but um, I think, it, it, you know, it's, it's certainly not um, far-fetched. The, uh, the the one name that always kind of pops up to me right now when people are asking, like, who should I sell high and try to get is Kyle Connor. He was one of uh, my picks to have just, you know, my locks of the year and off to a bit of a sluggish start with one goal, two assists. Um, so three points through six games, but does have 20 shots on goal over that stretch. He's shooting just 5%, career 15.1% shooter. So clearly better things are to come. I've watched quite a few Jets games as well, and he's always he's been buzzing. He's always around it and, and generating chances. So the goals are certainly coming uh, for him, and he's kind of one of those names where I'm I'm certainly interested in targeting as a buy low right now. Yeah, because, I mean, you could, like, you could pull that deal off for sure. Or you could at least send some pretty ridiculous offers out there and not get laughed out of the room, right? Like, you could offer him for uh, a guy like Barkov, who's got four, no goals and four assists on the season. Marner's off to a pretty slow start. Uh, Huberto, like we said earlier. Like, you can swing for the fences just for the fun of it um, yeah. and see if it gets accepted or not. And, and if not, then, like we say, you just hold on to him because you got yourself a point-per-game player that you found probably at the bottom of the draft. Yeah, yeah. depending how your league is ranked, uh, if it's one, you know, without some of those other categories on the side, he could be the number one ranked player. So, like you said... No one's going to laugh when the number one player is getting thrown around, um, and it can at least start some conversation, maybe even uh, push for a little bit more. For sure. Um, Cole Caulfield, otherwise known as Goal Caulfield, um, yes. is second on the list here. Four goals, one assist coming into tonight. Scored again. Scored again tonight to give him five goals in seven games. Uh, it's still currently two to one in that game, so we still sit on just the one goal. But five goals in seven games, you know, dating back to um, last year when Martin St. Louis was hired. Cole Caulfield has been red hot, has not cooled off, still shooting a a very, very high percentage. He's at 19% coming into tonight, scoring again tonight. I would imagine that that's probably um, maybe a little bit higher, but... um, yeah, he's got just the one shot. Just one, okay, there you go. So yes, he's up over 20% shooting percentage now in the season. He's great, and he's going to score a shitload of goals, and he's going to score over 30. It's a given at this point. He's likely going to score 35. Whether or not he gets to 40, I guess, is kind of the only question. At this point, it seems pretty likely. Like, if he has um, 22 shots in in seven games, he's on pace for 257 shots. Um, So 35 seems like a pretty good baseline for him as long as that shooting percentage cools off a little bit. And then 40, if he stays hot, is certainly doable. So to me, like this is another guy where it's like maybe you could swing Caulfield for Kubelik just scored again. Um, maybe you could swing Cole Caulfield for Kyle Connor. Like, yeah, some like people might view like, you know, I think Connor is one of those names that people took early in drafts this year that they were like, it's it was new to them, right? It was a new thing taking Connor that early. And the sluggish start, I think people are probably a little bit more concerned about um, Kyle Connor than maybe some of the other premier players towards the top of the draft that that are off to slow starts. So I think he's an easy trade target. And I think Cole Caulfield for Kyle Connor, one for one, would most likely get accepted at this point. Yeah. Or at least be in strong consideration. Their power play is the biggest question mark here. They've got just one goal on 18 opportunities. Caulfield doesn't have a power play point. And yet we're still here talking about how he's off to such a hot start. So um, you can look at that from one of two ways. You can look at that and say that power play is probably going to be pretty terrible all season and he may not get a ton of power play production. Or you can say um, you can look at and say, yeah, like he's been a little bit fortunate at even strength, a little bit opportunistic, if you want to call it that. Um, But that could get offset by just some normal average production or power play production for a guy of his caliber. So even if that power play uh, is sitting somewhere around 15%, like he should still be able to tack on 15 to 20 um, power play points because of that. And yeah, I think that would kind of be enough to offset any regression that we do see around uh, his start so far. So I I actually like him a lot. Um, And I think that he is another one of those guys that you got to make sure you're getting good value for. And he's not someone that I'm just looking to unload because he's off to a hot start shooting the puck. 
Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, you can always talk about the ceiling, only in his technically third year now. Um, the reason I guess he kind of made the list is, is, like you said, you can trade him for some big nuggets right now. He's one of those names that's kind of blown up all the, uh, you know, blows up Twitter, really sets the world on fire. But um, when you're looking at someone who I realistically think might only get 20 to 25 assists, regardless of those 35, 40 goals, I think you could, you know, shoot for a guy who's going to get you 80 points, 90 points, and they could help you a little bit more here. At the same time, not willing to trade him because the sky is the limit with Colts here. We realistically could be talking about um, a Richard candidate by the time the, the season ends. Um, that, That's would, that would take quite a bit to happen. But, but I mean, we could be talking about that in a few years too, even just to have that ability. But, yeah, the team around him, Montreal, I, I honestly think it's kind of crazy to say it, but they have played a little bit better than we expected, and they still are ranked 26th in the league in goals per game, uh, only averaging about 2.6 per game. But you... D kind of mentioned it. The power play really struggling at five percent. If they can up that a little bit, that can that can get all those things going. But I just I don't love what's happening around him. He is one Nick Suzuki injury away from uh, losing quite a bit more fantasy. Well, honestly, too. even at five v five right now, Suzuki and Caulfield really aren't generating a, a ton. Only one point nine eight expected goals four per sixty, twenty five point eight scoring chances four per sixty. So they've been pretty modest at best, and he's kind of just converting on every chance that he gets. Um, so that's what concerns me. Yeah. I, I don't disagree that he's a terrific goal scorer and he's going to score a ton of goals in this league. But for this season, I have, like, if I can yeah. get Kyle Connor for more him, safe there's, there's no doubt in my mind I'm pulling that that trigger. Um, I probably would rather have Valerie Nachushkin if somebody's trying to sell high on Nachushkin and wants Caulfield, then, like, I would make that as a kind of a lateral move. I'd I, prefer Nachushkin yeah. moving forward this year as well. I was just about to say that I bet you could pull that deal if you were to at least offer it or go, you know, Caulfield and uh, and maybe your fourth D-man. You could probably move for a Nachushkin if someone needs it. Um, yeah, I would much rather have Nishushkin. Someone who's in a lineup, uh, Caulfield too, one thing that we're kind of glancing over here, he's a plus one at the moment. Uh, he was a probably plus negative 24 last year. Uh, he's not necessarily a defensive whiz, and uh, that's only going to go down um, as the year kind of kind of goes on in Montreal. Yeah, it's just more of the, yeah, they'll yeah. probably get buried at 5v5, I would imagine. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, so far, I mean, even like I just said, they're not, their expected goals for share right now is 36.3. Four percent. It's not great. They're giving up three point four expected goals against per sixty to one point nine eight goals mm-hmm. for. So they're getting buried at five v five right now, in the expected goals per uh, category. So here's a, just to just to give you a nugget here. One point nine eight expected goals for per sixty. They have four point seven <laughs> goals for. So they are drastically outproducing their expected goals for um, at the current moment. Uh, just to give you an idea here, I had him. I had a chart here uh, that gave us the players who are. Uh, have the most goals scored above expected so far this season, and Caulfield is not on it. So, there you no. go. interesting. There we go. Um, okay, Joe Pavelski is coming off a hat trick the other night. Four yes. points in the game gives him uh, seven points, four goals, three assists in six games on the season. Currently shooting twenty six point seven percent, only his fifteen shots on goal, uh, and the on ice shooting percentage is fifteen point eight. So, I mean, this is very. Is Dallas it? won. Um, a little bit of a hotter start than you would imagine. I mean, this is a guy who had 81 points a season ago. Um, a guy that's a fixture on the top power play unit that's quite good. Um, that line is outstanding, but... I'm looking to move him. I, yeah, yeah, big uh, like time. He's, he's still 38 years old. And he's just not playing. Like yeah. The ice time has seen a that's, pretty huge drop. Um, I don't know if they're rotating other wingers in on that line or, or what's I happening I think it's there, just a little bit... The fact that they've, him, I think. I, well, I just think they have just a little bit more depth this year, right? You bring in Mason Marchment, that Tyler Segan line looks a lot better. Yeah, Wyatt Johnston comes in, he looks really comfortable. I don't honestly know if he's even going back to juniors. I know, I'm stressing. Um, and then Jamie Ben, you know, playing with Johnson, they've looked pretty good. And then the fourth line with Radic Faxa plays a little bit of a shutdown yeah, role. They're, they're not really, it, yeah. so. they're not really getting top line usage right now. Um, and it is concerning. Like Pavelski didn't see less than 20 shifts in any games last year. Um, he's only been above 20 shifts in two out of the six games so far this year. So it's a huge shift. It's obviously going to affect things like his shot volume and just general opportunity. Um, and all this is being masked pretty heavily by that, you know, that hat trick and yep. four point game that he had the other night. So yeah, I think this is a prime uh, guy to move now. Cause like Brock said, he, he is 38 years old as well. So you have that, you know, impending um, age drop off that you know probably should have happened a few years ago. So you never really know where that shoe's going to drop. To me, he still looks good, but like the usage dropping off is a big, big, big concern because yeah, like he he needs that to be able to kind of return um, 
value or to be able to maintain that production that he put up last year around a point per yeah. game. So yeah, the line mates are great and he's in a great situation, but if he's only getting 18, 19 shifts a night, um, he's going to have a really, really hard time being around a point per game. So I'd be looking to move him pretty quickly before, you know, if, if he does get back to it, then, you know, he's not going to be any better than he was last year. So just, and I think you can probably in redraft leagues get pretty close to value for what you got him out on draft day. So I'd be looking to cash out on Pavelski. Yeah. I think you can, you can almost fool people still. Um, you know, as you mentioned, one of those, one of those games, four points, the other game, two points. So that leaves more games without a point than more games, uh, collect getting a point. Granted, you know, he's seeming to get them in bunches, uh, regardless, like you said, the glaring thing when looking at just all the highly ranked players was most of them are getting 19 minutes a night, whether they're forwards or defensemen. Uh, those are getting mid twenties, but, and Pavelski, like you said, right there below 15 minutes a night. It's one of the more glaring things we've seen um, in form in terms of regression. And then 15 shots in six games, just that's really not great. Uh, this guy only a couple years ago had only 31 points in 67 games. So, he could easily fall back to that form. I hate to see it because, you know, Pavelski's been our guy. He's been a consistent goal source for since fantasy hockey started. But um, but I think we're seeing I, I now. I believe he was on the first ever yeah. fantasy hockey team. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so we are, uh, yeah, we, we can now, I think we're seeing a passing of the torch in Dallas. We've kind of seen it the last couple of years and with a little bit more health to Sagan or Segan there. Um, we are now seeing, you know, Pavelski, unfortunately, lose some ice and, uh, and I think it's going to, like you said, come with regression. And I don't expect a point per game when we... Yeah. When and we, I know you guys love Hints and Robertson too, but I would be shopping them around just for the exact same reason because that whole line's usage is down. And, and like Brock says, they, at least to start the season, have gone with a very balanced approach in how they're doling out those minutes. And your first line is only playing about two and a half more minutes than your fourth line right now. So I, yes, I would expect that to change as season comes along and push comes to shove, and um, especially in the postseason. But it's like, how long are you going to wait this out? I think a lot. They're all fortunate right now to be above a point per game, thanks to a fifteen point five on ice shooting percentage. They're all shooting around twenty percent themselves. Um, so yeah, if that crashes back to normal, like they're not currently getting the ice time to be point per game players. No. Uh, so as awesome as they are, um, I'm looking to move them now because it's not like you're selling low on them at all, right? Like they production wise, hard numbers wise, they're still off to a decent start. You can get them for what uh, we were hoping they would be this season. But um, yeah, I have some. Some major red flags there, just straight up in terms of the usage. Yeah, they're still giving or averaging uh, 4.13 expected goals for per 60, 44 scoring chances. The per for. 60 numbers are fine. That's yeah, not what like, we're talking about, right? It's the actual no, yeah, usage. I, I'm, I'm just trying to say that I would be a little bit more hesitant to move on from, from hints, particularly uh, just because you really don't have a right. whole but lot of But what's the ceiling, right? Like he's going to hopefully, if he gets the usage, that'll offset the regression we're expecting to see in the other areas, and he'll probably still be a point per game player, right? Yeah. So that's why I'm saying he's going to move now because you can sell him as a point per game player and then not risk the fact that maybe his usage doesn't improve and he falls off a little bit because he's only playing 15 minutes a night. Yeah. I, I guess I'm a l- I want to be a little bit more patient with those guys just because you would imagine that those numbers would. Yeah. Again, I'm not selling low back. on them either. No. I'm literally moving them for draft day value. I'm selling them at their peak back because to, it could get worse. Back to Joe Pavelski, um, a name that kind of sticks out to me as somebody you could maybe go like, I'm just trying to find, Comparable one for ones here, maybe somebody like Philip Forsberg. Yep. Got off to the greatest start, two goals, two assists, four points in his first uh, seven games. He's playing though nineteen minutes a night. He's shooting just nine point five percent on a shooting percentage, which is eight point three. So there's there's um, yeah. reason Timo to Meyer, exp- I would yeah. I think that would be a little bit. That's definitely loftier, um, but I mean, it doesn't. He's got two it, points, it, and it's, he's, it's, it's not. A, and I think people think. The I think the casual, sucks. the casual fantasy hockey player definitely accepts that trade, oh, or at least I would be all over that too. Yeah, I'm but with, with Forsberg, obviously, um, I think he's got a, a better a good target for sure, a better chance of being accepted. But if you could get Timo for for Joe Pavelski, Ehlers right now, is another one. Um, yeah, as long as he comes back soon. I don't know what it, they haven't really said oh, how true, long he's true, out for. True. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I would honestly still trade. You know me, I, I'll take an injured guy any yep. day of the week. Yeah. Ash City, Brock's got Marshawn coming off in a couple of weeks. So hey, he's got to, he's got to refill that slot permanently. For speaking of Brad Marshawn, uh, Taylor Hall has done an admirable job filling in, uh, for Brad Marshawn on their top line or, or their one B line with David Krejci and David Pasternak, Taylor Hall, three goals, two assists, five points in six games coming into tonight. Does he have a goal and an assist tonight or just a goal? I think uh, he has, he didn't. Just the goal. You didn't get anything. On the Just one goal. Game. Okay, so he has four goals, two assists, uh, six points in his first seven games. He is shooting twenty percent coming into tonight. Again, not one hundred percent sure how many shots he's got. And I, the quick math is going to be shit anyway. So, um, just a, a really, really nice one start. shot. So it's gone up. Okay, 
shooting 27% probably now. Um, But yeah, this is obviously somebody that is going to have a pretty good season. But once Brad Marchand gets back, um, how this lineup shifts, how this lineup looks could be different. Um, To be honest with you, they broke up Marchand, Bergeron, and Pasternak quite a bit last year. So I wouldn't be surprised if they move forward with Marshawn, Bergeron, DeBrusque, or Zaka, and then you know keep Hall, Krejci, and Pasternak together. Because Pasternak spent a lot of time on that second line with Hall and Howla last year, just trying to yeah. kind of lengthen their lineup. And, and Obviously, give, he has a lot of history with Krejci as well. Yeah, and given their early season success, I wouldn't be surprised if that's yeah, they are dominating. the way things go. So... As much as people, I think, would be are, are worried that Hall's coming back, I don't know if it's a huge concern for me because I think he's going to be, you know, just fine on that second line. Um, the issue with with Hall is he's just not on that top power play unit. So, if you can get a decent return for somebody who plays big minutes like he does and plays on the top power play unit, then yeah, I, you know, I have no problem making this move. But if you end up having to hold on to Taylor Hall, I think he's going to be just fine. But the red flags are certainly there. Twenty percent shooting percentage is quite high. Yeah. I think it's just the value that you got him at. Uh, you would have drafted him late in your drafts. And, and if you can kind of get a player who was drafted top 80 for this guy right now, um, that's mostly why I had him here, though, was just with Marshawn coming back and, you know, the lack of power play time. I just think there's there's other players out there who get a little bit more time on ice. We are kind of talking about Pavelski's being a little bit alarming. Taylor Hall stands right out, too, with only 1647 um, average time on ice right now. It's just Boston spread out quite well. Um, yeah, no, I... I I would very much enjoy what I've gotten so far, but if I can trade him for a guy who's stuck on a power play one and, you know, one of the top shooting options or something like that, I would much rather kind of get him out of there now. But uh, but I think you've already gotten great value from him, so you're not losing a ton. If you listen to the Left Wing Preview episode, he was my sleeper ADP of 164.2. So reaping the benefits early on of that whatever round pick that is very late. Um, but do you anything to add here on, on Taylor and the Bruins? No, I, I agree. I just... Yeah, the ice time's the big thing. Like that's going to hold him back from ever really being uh, in that top echelon of fantasy players. And you know, if he's not playing 18, 19 minutes a night, um, he's not going to get there, and he'll probably be closer to the uh, you know the sixty-one points in eighty-one games he had last season. So I agree. I, I certainly think that he could um, you know replace DeBrusque or Krejci on that top unit. Um, but I just think in general he's not going to be the most reliable source of production over the full eighty-two. So uh, yeah, I definitely agree that he's another good. Uh, Adrian Kempe, uh, also a guy that was a sleeper of mine coming into the season, off to a very, very nice start. Uh, Four goals, two assists, six points in seven games, 15 shots on goal, 26.7 shooting percentage. Uh, Again, this is coming into Tuesday evening. Their game is tonight against the Lightning. So if he goes up and has a hat trick and and these numbers sound a little stale, we do apologize. But four goals, two assists, six points heading into this evening. Um, Honestly, the shot volume just has not quite been there for Adrian Kempe, which isn't totally surprising. Kevin Fiala, also a player that we uh, know likes to shoot the biscuit. So last year he had 247 shots in uh, 78 games. At the current state, he'd be on pace for 176 shots. The shot volume is dipped. The usage is dipped a little bit, but the production is still there. Um, My main concern is that it's super early, and, and I think things are going to get better with Fiala there. But the underlying metrics of that uh, Kempe-Fiala-Kopitar line really hasn't been outstanding. Um, so if you can move him and, 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 and you know people are going to look and see that he scored 35 goals last year, off to a really, really nice start this year, I think like you can move up a little bit here with him. I'm totally fine with it. He's not going to pick up any assists anyway. You're, he's like basically just David uh, or uh, Chris Kreider, but just... Chris Kreider light. Yeah. Without the hits. Less offsides. Chris Kreider goes offside a lot. Does and the yeah. third round draft price. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I, I like him and I think he'll be a serviceable player all year, but he's obviously gotten off to a pretty, pretty hot start. The shot volume, uh, if you look at his shot attempts, he was 5.6 a game last year. He's down to five this year. So um, he is down in that regard, but it's not as drastic as the actual um, shots on goal make it look. So that's a little bit more encouraging. He's missing the net just a little bit more, which, like we said, uh, tends to happen when you're hunting corners. And the 26.7% shooting percentage certainly suggests that as well. So, yeah, I think he's a really good goal scorer. Should get plenty of exposure and opportunity on that team. But I don't think he's a point-per-game player. Um but I do think he's a 35 to 40 goal scorer. So yeah. take that as you will. 
We just need those shots up. Might be, uh, might just be what happens when there's another, you know, alpha shooter in the room and Kevin Fiala. So, um, yeah, that's why, that's why he's here. I just, I like a lot of other options and I think you can get away with trading him early as, uh, as a heavy goal scoring threat to people. Um, I'm just yeah. worried if he regresses, he could be. I, I, my uh, only concern with Kempe is like that, um, like obviously people didn't really respect his 35 goals much last year because he wasn't going very early in drafts this year. So I don't know how much you're going to get back for him. You know, maybe it's just a, a throw in to try to make a, a trade a little bit more juicier in your sure. favor. Like, hate that. I just don't know if he, he doesn't carry that name recognition where you can really, like if you can sell high, yeah, obviously do yeah. it. But I yeah, just I think it's like a deeper league if you can move him for something a little juicier. Yeah. Um, but no, if you can get, uh, I mean, if you can get 35 goals out of them, that's kind of better than the value you drafted them for. So Andre Svechnikov off to a towards start, always a player, uh, who we weren't really sure what to do with him at the top of drafts, especially because he's, you know, up there due to banger leagues. But we always agreed that this kid has tremendous talent and a breakout is certainly on the horizon at some point. And the early season returns have been outstanding, uh, <laughs> 23 goal, 23 shots he's scored on 30% of his shots to give him seven goals to lead the NHL through six games. Two assists, nine points overall. The on-ice shooting percentage of 14.7%. Um, the one thing that is so impressive to me is we weren't really sure exactly how the Hurricanes' second line was going to perform without Vincent Trocek. Is, yes, Perry Cockney going to be able to hold down that role? Then they signed Paul Stastny. Is Paul Stastny going to center that second line? And even coming into this se- the year, Netchass looked like a guy who was going to play on the fourth line. Patchetti goes down. Now you've got Svechnikov, Cockney, and Netchass, which is a line I don't think they really planned on rolling with. And they've been excellent. Netchass looks incredible. Um... Cockney Emmys played unreal. Like their underlying metrics are so impressive that it it seems like even if he's not on that top line, that this, you know, he can sustain a, a real breakout this season. Obviously, he's not gonna shoot 40% or whatever, 30% like he's doing now, but there's a lot to like here about Svechnikov. Yeah. He's a great one to move though, again, right? Because um he's not gonna shoot 30%, obviously, but he's gonna be a very reliable source of goals. Um, and certainly looks to have taken a step forward there. I think, you know, obviously with the head start he's, he's gotten, I think 40 goals is going to be easy for him if he stays healthy. Uh, I like him to stay at that pace from here on out. So I'd expect him to be somewhere probably in the 45 goal range, scoring like every other game from here on out, even when that regression kicks in. Um, but yeah, again, like just a guy who, because of the lack of assists and because of the line he's playing on, as great as they've been, um, I don't think he... Like he's going to have a hard time maintaining a point per game just because the assists aren't really going to be there. Uh, like you said, he's got a 14.5 on a shooting percentage, and that's still only helped them maintain two assists so far this season. So, um, yeah, I, that's, you know, when the, when the goals go, he's going to look a lot more like Chris Kreider um, than, I don't know, David Pasternak. You know what I mean? Like, this, like there's not going to be the assist there to really um, back up his great goal scoring totals that are going to push him into that. Uh, elite, elite, you know, like we said, top 25 skaters or maybe uh, even the top 10. And I'm sure he's ranked, you know, top one in a lot of formats right mm-hmm. now. So, yeah, definitely a guy that I would be looking to move for maybe one of those top 10 or 15 guys that had a relatively slower start. Maybe someone looks at this guy who's got all the talent in the world and says, you know, real breakout on us. I don't think anyone is going to expect him to score a goal a game. Um, but, yeah, that that's my biggest thing with him. He looks great. That line looks great. But he's never been... Uh, a great playmaker, and I just don't think the assists are really going to be there for him. Would you rather have Svechnikov or Kyle Connor rest of season? Kyle Connor. Yeah, me too. <sighs> Kyle Connor, but I'm just worried that, that Svech just comes to bite us in the butt on that. But no, I think Kyle Connor. I, I think Svech is going to fall back down to earth. I think we're seeing Martin Nekas kind of go crazy. We see this every year from him. He makes people pick him up, and by game 40, we'll be reconsidering him on a lot of rosters. Um, yeah, no, you you kind of nailed it. We're looking at a uh, looking at a, uh, a a pure goal scorer here who is gonna slow down. He's not gonna shoot thirty one percent all year. You don't think? Yeah, I mean, like I would does, do Svechnikov for Connor straight up, but I don't think like I wouldn't go in with that offer. I think you could potentially no. try oh, to get no, more yeah. than that. Um, but yeah, I, if it came to it, I, I would move him straight up yeah. for Connor. And this is a guy who, if someone has him on the roster, they likely paid a lot for them, so they they kind of had high hopes for him coming in. Um, but yeah, no, that you can also maybe find someone who was at a different side of the draft and couldn't get near Svechnikov. So yeah, 
I uh I wouldn't hate moving him even though he's putting up these uh these magical numbers these these over a goal per game stats outrageous yeah. Yeah. Like, um sorry even like I mean this might sound ridiculous but even like a Kucherov who hasn't scored yet this season um that I think that's the kind of trade that you could at least put out there and and see um what kind of kickback it gets Barkov again that we already mentioned Huberto um, all these guys, even Ovi, like I, he hasn't got off to the most outstanding start. And I think he's going to be a much more reliable source of, of goals and power play points the rest of the way than Sveshnikov. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of options, uh, kind of within those top 15 to 20 skaters, uh, that you could try to flip them for. Yeah. Ovechkin was the first name that stuck out to me as somebody you could take a real big swing at. Mm-hmm. Um, but all right, let's take a quick break. Fire it over to the blue stones here. Uh, when we get back, we'll continue with our sell high candidates. We've got five left on the docket. So enjoy the blue stones here for 30 seconds. We'll see you guys back here though. Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to season eight, episode 12 of the DFO Fantasy Podcast. I'm your co-host Dylan Berthew. Hope you enjoyed those sweet, sweet riffs from the Blue Stones. Uh, live al- or Live show album party next Thursday in yeah. Windsor. At Beebs is going to say the venue. It's at the Walkerville Theater um, in Walkerville, Windsor, Ontario. So, so any local listeners that want to support the Stones, definitely do that. Tickets, yeah. And uh, everyone else, keep an eye out for uh, a new Stones album later this week. We are going to get right back into some sell highs. Uh, and Brock is just itching to talk some Brady TK. He's so much more excited in the second half and the first. Like, D, how you doing? He's like, good. In the second half, he just comes in. He's heated up. I'm in my element. Yeah, he's like an oven. He's cooking now, baby. Yeah, good element pun. Yeah, got you. 
Um, Brady TK's got five goals, five assists, ten points through six games. He's doing his his usual stuff. He's got 25 shots in six games, which is 4.2 shots per game on pace for 341. He's also got 18 hits, which is three hits per game on pace for 246. He's just an absolute fantasy freak if you're in banger leagues. And D, I believe you're in a fantasy league where banger is correct and you yep. got both the TKs. That is correct. The Super Kachuk Bros is the team name. Um, yeah, it was, it's been a great start last week was a phenomenal week. I had him and Batherson. So I think they were just, you know, picking up multi-point games for fun. Both of them. Um, yeah, he's off to a phenomenal, phenomenal start. Um, you'd like to see the ice time up a bit more, but you know, there's some obvious regression here. I don't think he's all of a sudden going to be one of the top five, you know, point producers in the league. Um, you know, don't need to look any further than his shooting percentage and uh, his on-ice shooting percentage. So certainly some regression, but I do think this is a real breakout in the sense that, um, you know, last year, it's just kind of following what we've seen the last few years, right? He had 44 and 71, then he had 36 and 56, took that step forward with 67 and 79 last year. And I honestly have no doubt that it'll be a point per game player the rest of the season. So maybe not quite on that 110 point level, like his brother Matt was last year. So like I said, certainly some regression coming there. Uh, but yeah, a guy that I think has definitely taken the, another big step forward this year. No, yeah, I, I like I like Brady a lot. Like you said, all the peripherals are kind of there. Um, he he hits he hits it all. And who would have thought that with all these new bodies coming into Ottawa, that Brady TK would be the one really taking a step forward. And, and it's kind of been because of the old Ottawa boys. We've seen Drake Batherson really really strong out there. Tim with Stutzel the, looks unreal. Tim Stutzel looks crazy. I was absolutely pumping every piece of air into his tires before the year started so it's great to see that happen um so yeah so it, it looks like it's the same old same old boys but um i mean these are all just they've they're kind of just growing together they're all under 24 years old they're so fun to watch. um and like you said so fun to watch absolute dominate um dominate puck possession and uh i would i would definitely be hanging on with brady i think where you got him in drafts you're uh if you're if you're in a batting league, you probably paid for it, and he's giving you exactly what you wanted. But if not, um, you probably got him a little bit later, and I think you're getting pretty solid production from him. Um, I also think people should know that D's super Kachuk. I can't say it. super Kachuk Bros. Kachuk Bros. Picture is uh, the Bros with the edited heads on, and it is absolutely flawless. It, it, it should be in good. a museum, hanging in the Louvre. Um, just to let you guys know, Nazem Kadri has two more goals tonight to give him four goals, four assists. Eight points in six games. Just to remind you, he was on pace for 100 points last year. Yeah. And he is now currently on pace for 109 points. And that was So I was wrong about yeah. Nazem Kadri. He's just way better at hockey in his early 30s than he was in his mid-20s. So shame on me for, for not realizing that, that this is the career path that this man was going to take. Yeah. He is a total anomaly. Yeah, it's the classic 30s prime. We see it all the time. I'm yeah. totally kidding. Um, no, I, I think owners who actually took the chance and grabbed Kadri, um, I don't know if I was, a, I was in three different drafts and in every single one, he just, he was that glaring guy who dropped until whoever's auto picking, um, took him or whoever just had to take him because he dropped so far. So, you know what? Good for, good for Naz, but, uh, stings a little, um, you know, being a, being an Avs fan and all. Would you guys sell high on him since we're talking about it? Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, last year, if people are of. considering he's like. A hundred point guy. Yeah. Well, I don't think anyone were in on him. Any of us, sorry, were in on him at his ADP. Um, Just to give I, you a reminder, I do remember having a conversation with you, Brock, where I said uh, I was a little bit higher on him and, and still believe that he could be around a point per game playing in that second line role. Um, just because of those massive steps forward he took last year. And if I'm being honest, I thought maybe he'd see a little bit of Huberto on that second line as well, um, or at least Blake Coleman. But yeah, he's doing it with Dubé. Uh, I think Mangiapane is obviously a, a pretty good player who we've thought for a few years should be getting some more minutes. So I just Their think line metrics are terrific. Yeah, I just think it's a really similar to situation he was in last year, playing with Nachushkin on that second line, another guy who, you know, performances warrant more ice time than that. Um, so yeah, you know, it's, it's very unconventional, the route that Naz is taking. Um, and I would still, you know, I don't expect him to be anywhere near the heights he was last season, but yeah, I think he's going to be uh, a pretty solid fantasy player the rest of the way. Yeah, I would definitely still look to move him. He's got a big name. Um, people saw what he did last year. Yep. Obviously though, like I'm just basically doubling down, uh, at this point one, pl- so he's one player that I was maybe a little bit wrong about, but one player 
that we certainly were not wrong about because we were screaming his name as loud as we could throughout the entire draft process because his ADP made little to no sense was Mark Scheifele, ADP of 132.6. Just to remind the listeners at home, four goals in six games. He's got four goals on 20 shots. Obviously, that is a 20% shooting percentage. Zero assists so far. Uh, This is also a player who's had 40-plus assists in four straight seasons. And yes, that includes two seasons which were shortened. And he still reached 40 assists. So I'm not overly concerned about his slow start um, in the assist numbers on a shooting percentage of just 6.6%. And we've talked at least three times tonight about the slightly slow start that Kyle Connors had. He's shooting like 3% or something, and that's just clearly not going to continue. So once Kyle Connors starts to score, Mark Scheifele's assists will come around. Um, And yeah, if you want to cash in on this 132 overall value, I think it's a decent idea. Um, But again, we love this guy for a reason. You're getting very, very sustainable um, 70 to 80 point production in the 12th round. Right. And, Tenth round. And really reliable um, goal scoring for, you know, that kind of level. Like a, a guy that I think you can um, rely on getting you pretty close to a goal every other game here on out. He's not going to shoot 20%, but he's a career 16.3% shooter. Um, so he is a very opportunistic player. He's got a very nice shot uh, and tends to convert at a much uh, better rate than most players. And uh, on top of that, he's been shooting the puck a lot as well. So, yeah, there's a lot to like here. Uh, another one of those guys, and this sounds obvious, but if, if, if you're able to sell high on him, I would, I don't know if you're going to be able to, cause like, obviously people weren't high on him preseason with that ADP and he doesn't have an assist yet. The numbers don't look as outstanding, but I, like you said, we're not worried about the assist. Super happy just to see that shot volume, to see him continuing to bang the puck in the net. Uh, so yeah, I think he's going to return exactly what we thought he would. Yeah. I think if anything, he's almost a buy low, um, in this position. I think people are panicking with the Ehlers news. Um, and just like you said, and I'm going to bring it up for you, 15th time Kyle Connor struggling also makes people panic. D, D mentioned it. You were drafting him kind of at the end of your draft. So um, I think this is a guy to, to go after before he starts putting up those assists. Four straight 40-plus assist seasons, as you mentioned. Everything comes out in the wash usually by the end of the year. So, um, yeah, no, I would, uh, I'd almost be making a... A push for Mark Shifley if I'm in leagues, but um, I mean, if anyone yeah, wants maybe to... maybe a push for Shifley and uh, and get him before he gets an assist. Yeah, play that card on people. Like, <laughs> hey, man, may never get an assist. He's probably gonna go all season with zero assists. Yeah. Uh, okay, Rossmus Dahlin is just off to such a ridiculous start. I think historical, right? Is he the first defenseman in NHL history to score five goals in the first five games of the year? The record for any consecutive uh, game. Consecutive goal game streak for a defenseman is eight. So, yeah. On his way. He's coming. Yep. Clearly on his way. Uh, He has five goals on 18 shots through five games. 27.8% prior to this season, Rasmus Dahlin was shooting 5.6%. So, just about a 22% jump early on. Um, (laughs) I think there's one clear answer here. Roman Yossi. You can trade Rasmus for Roman. I'm all in. Yeah. Like any of those top three guys, I would. I would move him for Hedman, and obviously I would move him for McCart, but I don't think you can get McCart. You never know, though. It's worth trying. He's off to literally as good of a start you could hope for. Um, Hedman's been great. He's got five assists in six games, but that's not 11 points and and a goal a game, right? So I Mm -hmm. think any of those uh, top three guys, I, I would be trying to move him for. I think you should also, if you do have him and you're looking to move him, go after that team who has Aaron Ekblad, just lost their number one D man. Try to swing something for, uh, you know, try to see if you if you need a forward and you're, you know, you're right. trying to make that move. Not if you're trying to get another D-man because they probably don't have one. Um, but, uh, yeah, personally, I think there's probably about five defensemen, maybe four defensemen in the whole league that I would trade for Darlene right now. I think we are watching a true breakout. I don't think we're going to see him score 30 goals. Um, but... A lot of people assumed own power was going to take that huge step forward, and 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 Darlene's kind of just said, "Hey, no, I've spent my time watch. here. This is year five, um, and he's really you know taking that next step forward." I uh, I offered someone Mo Cider for Darlene in a keeper league last week, and uh, we were talking, and then three more games happened, and we are no longer talking. So I'm going to try to revisit it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully your boy out in Detroit gets me a couple points this week so I can get there. But uh, but yeah. The real encouraging sign here is the shot volume is just skyrocketed so far this season. Coming into this year, he was on his previous career high was 
170 shots, which was last season. Oh, sorry, 177 shots, which is his rookie season um, in 82 games. This year, he's on a 82 game pace of 295 shots. So if he can maintain that pace, obviously, you know, even once that uh, that regression starts to set into his shooting percentage at six percent, he could add another 17 goals this season. And you're, you know, you're really looking at a guy that could score 25 goals in the year. But uh, tw- you know, 17, 18, 20 goal pace for the rest of the season is is exceptional. So if you pick this guy up as your number two defenseman, which he was the 14th defenseman off the off the boards uh, this year, so. Yeah, if you can, if you you know, you probably don't need to necessarily move him straight up for another defenseman, because um, if he's your number two, you know, maybe yeah. you do trade him to the Ekblad owner and, and, and get a forward or whatever it is. But um, if you end up having to hold on to him, I, I do think that obviously this is a team that is much improved. They look very good, but um, yeah, like there's there's clear signs of regression coming here, and there's guys that are much better than him in better situations that are going to have great seasons, and if you can acquire them for Ross Mistalin. I think that's a, a really shrewd move at this point of the season. Yeah, and like the biggest thing is just the assists. I agree he's taking a big step forward and I think like even just from here on out, you know, disregard the five goal lead he has here. But I, I think he's a really good bet to lead defenseman in goal scoring from here on out. Um, but I don't know if he gets, you know, much more than the assist every other game he put up last season. So he's gonna be very, very valuable and on it like I think without a doubt, just based on the small sample size we're going off of, he's able to continue with those underlying numbers. Um, he'll easily be within the top 10, be pushing the top five fantasy defensemen this season. But I don't think he's he will finish in that very top tier. I could be wrong, but like I said, I don't think you're really... Um, you're, you're not going to be losing out on a whole lot of potential value if you do move him for a Yossi or Hedman or obviously even a Makar, um, who's off to a slow start by comparison, which is six assists in six games and not a goal. Um, but uh, yeah, I just think that like even if you move him and Darlene, you know, continues or doesn't, he's not going to continue. But even if Darlene puts up 75 points, 25 goals and 50 assists, it's not going to be that much greater than what you're going to get out of Yossi and Hedman. So I think in that sense, you just got to trust the process and cash him in if you can for one of those top three defensemen. Because, um, yeah, like what's what's the harm in doing for that? You're selling for value at that point, right? So uh, you're selling him for absolute peak value. So that's kind of where I'm looking at it. Certainly one of the best guys to look at moving right now. But, again, one you want to be careful with because it's a guy that we think is going to be very, very good the rest of the season. Yeah, like he, he's somebody like who's kind of like the ultimate add-on to a trade right now. Like if a team needs a defenseman and, you know, maybe you're really big game hunting trying to go get like an Austin Matthews or something yeah. who's had a slow start and – you want to go kind of a two for one and really blow his defenseman out of the water. Well, to try and then to... you could put in like a like a, a trocheck or like not even like a bottom of the roster center. You could add in that trade, right? Because yeah. Darlene's going to be the big piece. Exactly. So you could go real big game hunting with the way he started. Um, and it's worth noting that the Sabers, as good as their start have been, their underlying metrics suggest that it's you know maybe uh, due to kind of come to an end, especially on the power play. They have the lowest expected goals for percentage on the power, our goals for per sixty on the power play so far this season, and in the middle of the pack at five v five. So maybe not just the most sustainable from an entire team level. Uh, so yeah, you're going to be able to get an absolute king's ransom if you try to move Rasmus Dahlin right now. Somebody who you could probably move uh, on from will definitely get you a lesser return, but. Tony D'Angelo off to a very nice start with the uh, Flyers. Um, honestly, any Flyer that you can trade right now, yeah. I would be looking to do it. We're going to talk about Carter Hart next. We can kind of lump him into this conversation. But like even we were going to talk about Travis connecting. I just really don't know how much trade value you're going to get for him. But any Flyer that you can trade, this start is so unsustainable from them. And then in addition to that, Konechny, great start to the season. Kevin Hayes, solid start to the season. And then all of a sudden they start to lose one game and Torts bench Konechny and Hayes for like the entire third period. So shit like that's going to happen all year and you're going to be so frustrated. And like really, like how long before D'Angelo and Torts start <laughs> to butt heads, right? Oh like it's yeah. not going to take, it's not going to take long. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah. I mean, the one good news for D'Angelo is he's playing with Prover off at 5v5. So like he's very sheltered there. And, and he's maybe, getting five more minutes a game because of it. Yeah, yeah. he's playing 25 minutes pretty a night. Pretty crazy. He's never averaged more than 20 minutes in any of his previous six seasons. PP um, specialist. Yeah, so, so good for Tony. He's finally... Finally worked his time up. He's now at twenty four forty six, as you mentioned there. Um, but yeah, I think Brog Brog also mentioned it. There is a doghouse that can happen, uh, but only ten shots 
in six games. I just, I just don't really love it. I think you can kind of sell him as the point-per-game player that he almost was last year at this point, but I think you only have about a week left of that value um, to sell him at. And, and as you mentioned, I think that's going to be the case with a lot of Philly players here. They they have that usual torts fire under their ass that teams have when he first starts, but it seems like that act kind of goes stale after a while. We've seen it happen multiple times with different teams. So I could see that happening out in Philly. If it doesn't, prove me wrong. But uh, I think people paid a decent ticket for Tony D this year at the draft um, and at least a, a top 100 pick. And that uh, you can use that to trade him away, um, especially with this early production here. ADP of 121.3. Yeah. But what's going still around guys like Rasmus Anderson, um, Tom Shabbat, Charlie McAvoy, who's hurt, but I'd rather have Anderson ahead of Eric Carlson. I think he's going to be solid the rest of the way, but I think he'll settle in as more of a number three, four fantasy defenseman as opposed to the, you know, uh, bottom for the one, two he's been so far, right? He's probably right around the top 10 uh, fantasy defenseman after the first couple of weeks. So yeah, certainly he's probably more of a sweetener. I don't think he's a guy that's going to be, you know, get you a, a great return on his own. Um, people just don't tend to love having them on their roster. No. But uh, no, I think, like I said, I think he'll be serviceable. So he's not someone I'm just looking to offload for, for absolutely anything. But yeah, if you can use him in a trade to sweeten it, I think he's, like I said, going to be uh, a lot closer to a number three or four fantasy defenseman than a number one by season's end. Since we last talked about Evan Bouchard, he's got two assists, um, 10 shots, and is averaging over 20 minutes a game in his last three games. Would you rather have D'Angelo or Evan Bouchard rest of season? If redrafts, I would probably still D'Angelo, yeah. unless I'm in a situation where like D'Angelo is my fourth or fifth defenseman, and I'm not really relying on him, and then maybe you want to shoot for the upside that Bouchard offers, then then yeah. But if it's like I'm kind of relying on D'Angelo to... Because to, you know D'Angelo's going to be on the top power plane all year. Exactly, yeah. He's going to get those. And like the exciting thing is those five extra minutes a game. Like mm-hmm. We've never seen him play that much, so I'm sure he'll. there should be some more 5v5 production in there than, than what we've seen in the past and should help offset uh, some of the drop from going to Carolina to Philly. And there's still room for his shot volume to grow. It's been pretty pedestrian oh, thus far, time. but uh, you know, decent shot volume last year. Never been a huge volume shooter, but still room the for attempts. It to grow. Again, I know I keep putting pointing back to this, but it does help you kind of see through some of those small sample mm-hmm. sizes. And he is missing the net on over half his attempts, which he's never done before. The attempts are closer in line with what he done last year so yeah. but yeah I, i'd agree it is disappointing in general like you'd expect those attempts to take a big step forward with the five extra minutes of ice but maybe that's just the difference i'm playing on a puck dominant team like carolina versus philadelphia yeah the uh, the flyer is certainly not a team that dominates puck possession and nor will they yeah. uh, probably at all this season in terms of their course four percentage there's currently second last in the nhl at 40.7 uh ahead of just the arizona coyotes um okay lastly we're going to talk about carter hart he is the only goalie that we really think that you should be you know, actively trying to sell high on at this point. I mean, there's probably others, but he's the one that's glaring and stands yeah. out. Maybe um, Bennington, but... I just think that that's a really good yeah. hockey team. I agree, but I, mean, I, I don't so, think he's going to have a 930 all year. No, no, but <laughs> I think he... like. I don't know how many starts Thomas Grace is really going to get, although Thomas Grace did look good against the Jets yeah. yesterday, but um, I just think that the... That the Blues are just really good. Like, right. So where does he goals, where like, does he settle in for you rest of the year? Is he a top ten goalie? Is he a top five? No, he's probably yeah, like he's just on the the like the edge of the top ten there. Just because like yeah. again, I, I still don't think he's gonna be an absolute workhorse for them, but he's gonna start a ton of games. He's gonna just have really nice splits. So even when they lose, he's gonna lose games, you know, two one, three two, um, and really not crush you. Kinda like what we saw from Grace the other day. Like Would he, you offer him for a guy like Markstrom who is in a very similar situation on a good team, but his splits have gotten off to a pretty slow start. I think I'd still probably prefer Markstrom rest of season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like if, if you could make that swing probably, um, but I honestly, I don't think Bennington's that far off. Like I think he was, uh, you know, slept on big time. I know my rankings had him a lot higher than where his ADP was. Um, just because, yeah, this is a, it's a pretty damn good hockey team for sure. Like you just saw what they did to the, to the Oilers. Like, Yep. completely shut McDavid down. They can do shit like that. Bennington or Soros? Um, you know where I'm at on that one. Yeah, yeah I, I, Soros is making me a little nervous. <laughs> I, 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 I'm so high on him that I, I don't know if I'm going to just completely jump off the, you know, jump off the bandwagon two weeks into the season. Right. But would you look to move Bennington for Soros? Would you send that offer? I think I would. I think I would send it. I think I would. I, I, I don't know if it's, it, it's probably, um 
not the the, the right play. I just it, I just really <laughs> like Soros. Like just looking at the metrics here, the the Predators right now, yeah, uh, fifth highest expected goals against in the NHL. Sorry, sixth highest expected goals for against in the NHL, which is not great. If that continues, and Soros is going to have a hard time. Where the Blues are are closer to the top ten. Yep. Um, actually, they are tenth. So. Uh, yeah, you know, maybe that's not the best play. Maybe I would actually hold on to Bennington. There you go. So, you know, but we're talking about Carter Hart. Sorry, I completely side. Yeah, well, if you want to talk about bad, that conversation, bad defensive metrics, <laughs> the uh, the Flyers are, are ninth worst in the NHL in terms of expected goals against, and Carter Hart just is standing on his absolute head. I don't know where he he ranks now, but somebody tweeted at me, and he was actually a Flyers fan. He's like, this man has faced thirty one slot shots, and he's stopped all thirty one of them this season. Like, wow. that's probably not going to continue. How do you even do that? Yeah. So. So Carter Hart, like honestly, good for him because I think a lot of people had just completely written him off as a as a former like you know highly touted top end next great goalie type of player, sure. and then really really struggled the last couple of seasons. Um, yeah. to, to you know to be precise here, he had an eight ninety five save percentage in his last seventy two appearances coming into this year. So uh, yeah, one seventy five goals against average, nine forty nine save percentage. I'd be looking to get just about anybody for him at this point. Um, you know, maybe it's like it's a Jack Campbell uh, type of situation where he hasn't had the greatest start, 895 save percentage, 362 goals against average. Uh, that's the kind of return I'm, I'm looking for here. Yeah, you're obviously, I mean, I don't think any sensical person is going to consider Markstrom, but that's obviously one that we would do as well. But yeah, it's all about just looking, if you're looking for another Tandy, it's, it's looking for someone who's on a much better team. Because like, I always say it's a, it's a team position, really. You got an individual's name there on your fantasy roster, but they're pretty much giving you team stats. Yeah, and uh, I I think that we've we've made it pretty clear that this is not going to be a very good hockey club, right? No. Yeah, moving forward. Would so. you look to move him for Logan Thompson? Because that's probably yeah, that a super would, doable trade. That was the other name I was going to throw out there. Um, I don't honestly, I don't know if people are trading Logan Thompson. Like I'm, I really, really like Logan Thompson. Yeah. So if he was on my team, I would obviously auto decline that one. But yeah, if people are out there that are thinking it's just kind of a hot start, for, I think you could, do, Thompson, you could get th- that trade. Accepted yeah, for and sure. if you, if you could do that, that was the other name that really stuck out to me. Kind of like Jack Campbell, Logan Thompson. If you can swing that, then I, I really, really like that. No, I can agree. Um, I mean, just a better team. Yeah, and uh, and even like people may be afraid, afraid that Aiden Hill's there. Um, at the same time, I would rather have just those starts. I think if you know Carter Hart falls back to anything close to that he was the last couple of years, he is not even rosterable. He's going to hurt you most yep. nights. So, Mark Andre uh, Fleury. I'd rather have Fleury. Played, yeah, played great tonight. Uh, yep. Played great in overtime against yeah, Boston. I think he's too. He's thirty-three of thirty-two. Yeah, he's coming back. 30, 40. I would do it as well. Obviously, like we said, we just think that Minnesota teams. Uh, a good hockey team, and it is scary taking on the 53-year-old netminder, I think he is this 53? year. 53? <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, not quite there. But, but no, on. yeah. it's. Yeah, I mean, really, you just want to see one or two of those good performances to restore your faith in a guy like Flurry. So that very encouraging to see, especially when he's on a team like that. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking through. I don't know if there's really a lot of other good stepping stones to work up here, too. Maybe a guy like, no. Nah. <laughs> I was going to say Georgiev, but they're not moving Georgiev at this point, I would imagine. It's one I would like, send, but I don't think it's going to happen. Same with Samsonov. Don't think it would get accepted, but certainly one I would send. Um, like, Do you think Carter Hart just still carries name value just because he was like, you know, yeah, he was like junior the future of stud. Yeah. Yeah, like, hockey goalie? He absolutely does. Goaltending. Yeah, I, absolutely. Oh, hundred percent. With like the average fan, yeah, like he would, he would, people were still going to. I, yeah, and I, I think the non-average. I think most people probably. I mean, they'll look at the Flyers, see some names they recognize, and think that they, you know, might be a half decent hockey team this year, and not realize how much of their good start is owed to his otherworldly goaltending right now. It's literally all owed to this man. Um, but yeah, anybody else you guys want to talk about really quick before we uh, we head out? Or I think that just yeah. about covered it. I don't want to panic too much because you know it's, we're still early, but uh, but no, we uh, we nailed some names and uh, and gave gave people some options. So there you have it. Us. That was season eight, episode twelve of the DFO Fantasy Podcast. We'll see you guys back here on friday just me and beebs um but yeah until then i'm brock segan got dylan d birthing to my right michael blurbs bondy to my left we'll see you guys back here on friday nice got the blurbs in that's all we wanted peace
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 